This is the 402nd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat reporter for the AJC. Today on the show, we're going to hear from former Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan discussing his move into the broadcast booth and how he doesn't plan to retire. He wants to leave that door open. Then we'll come back and go over, give you the overview for the OTAs as the Falcons head into phase three of the offseason, discuss the flex scheduling that was approved and some other league matters. Also, the Bill Wash Diversity Fellowship participants for the Atlanta Falcons. And then we're going to look at uh, the new receiver, J.J. Arsagna-Whiteside, who was signed recently, former second-round pick of the Eagles, who will be looking to revive his career here with the Atlanta Falcons. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, we caught up with uh, former Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan actually on his birthday, uh, May the 17th, to discuss his move into the broadcasting field. He's going to be doing a few different things for CBS uh, this upcoming season on their different platforms, and we'll make sure we follow Matt as he makes his transition into the broadcasting field. He also wants to leave the door open for a possible return to uh, football if he, um, you know, somebody gets in a situation they need an emergency quarterback or, or I don't know if a starting job will open up for him, but he wants to leave that door open for himself. Here's former Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan. Discuss, um, you know, the, the move to CBS and how that came about for you. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, I think that I had the opportunity to go up and and um, go on the, the pregame show after the season and, and get to meet some of the folks up there, and uh, I enjoyed the experience. And you know, I've 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 always kind of thought about um, you know moving in that direction at, at some point, and the opportunity presented itself, and you know, I, I felt like it it was the right time to to take that, and so. Uh, I'm really excited that I, I'll kind of be doing a mix next year mm-hmm. of, you know, calling games, doing some studio work, doing some stuff on their Monday QB show, 
and, and kind of getting a feel um, for, for what that world is like and, and how it operates. And, you know, honestly, to, to get a chance to learn from, from some of the people there that have been doing it a long time and are excellent at what they do. And so, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. What do you think your style's going to be? Because I know that's a, a, a big thing for athletes when they get in the broadcast, uh, you know, finding their lane and so forth. Yeah, I think it's, to, to me, it's just being myself. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I think that um, having played for, for as long as I have, uh, you know, I have uh, a really good understanding of, you know, how the game works and, and what teams are trying to do. I think that... Um, you know, having played against so many of the current players and uh, having played for and against so many of the current coaches, um, you know, I have a, a unique perspective on on the league. And uh, as far as style, you know, I think it's it's going to be who I've always been. You know, um, just relaxed and, and trying to you know provide good insight and uh, trying to you know tell in games tell the story of what's going on and, and keep people engaged and um, keep it enjoyable and you know in, in the studio trying to you know provide good analysis of, of you know how games are shaken out what players are trying to do what coaches are trying to do and you know for me I've always loved you know that that part of it too that part of the preparation side of, of getting ready for games of you know how teams are going to try and play each other you know which players are, are going to show up and which players are going to have big games. I've really enjoyed that part of the preparation portion of it. So uh, I think that should, you know, that, that should come to light in, in terms of, of my analysis. Yeah, and have you thought about how um, you're going to handle it when you might have to be critical or, or give a critique <laughs> of, some of you know, someone's play or someone's play calling? Yeah, I think, you know, I think that the number one thing is, is honesty. And, and I, I think there's a a way to be honest without being cruel, you know, and, and, um, I've certainly, you know, seen guys who have navigated that well, uh, you know, in, in their post playing days. And, and so I always go back to the fair and balanced, right. Uh, approach and, and there, there's a level of, of fairness and, and, and a level of balance that I think you can uh, toe that line pretty well, but, I think you got to call it like you see it too. And, and so, uh, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to break, you know, break down anybody. I'm not trying to, you know, to bring people down. I think that, that, um, you you can toe that line and and be honest, but also, you know, realize that it's never personal. Yeah. We got Twitter for that. (laughs) (laughs) There's plenty of avenues for that, right? Yeah. I'm looking forward to turning mine off for a little while here. That's right. I, I hear that. Yep. But um, what did you like most about doing the, um, you know, uh, work postseason up there? You know, uh, what was the, you know, I know like when I first started having to go on camera, I couldn't, I couldn't stand that red light. But <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you I, take to? What did you like about it? I like the, you know, in the studio, I love the pace at, at which it went. You know, it's fast paced and, um it's, it's interesting because, as you well know, right, there's a producer in here, there's somebody talking, uh, there's a lot of different moving parts. It honestly felt a little bit like playing, you know, where you've got the coaches calling the plays into the year, you're trying to communicate different things to different people uh, and assess all, all the, the, the different moving parts. But I also really enjoyed listening 
you know, to, to the other guys um, mm-hmm. that, that, that I was on the set with and hearing the, the different opinions that they had and uh, the different ways that they view things and being able to respond to that and, and agree or disagree or, uh, you know, trying, trying to, to just create that kind of locker room environment, uh, you know, where you're having those spirited discussions or you're talking about certain things that you're talking about. I really enjoyed that portion of it. Uh, okay. And uh, do you have any coaches or models or, you know, who you're trying to follow? I mean, Pat Summerall or Boomer, or do you have any, uh, you know, uh, I know you want to be original, but who do you like as broadcasters, that uh, ex-player broadcasters? Well, I think there's some guys that, that have done it really well. You know, I've listened to, to Troy forever. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, he, whether he's on Fox now doing Monday Night Football uh, I've always thought he's done a really good job. You know, you, you look at, I, I've gotten to know Phil Sims uh, mm-hmm. throughout the year, played with his son, Matt, and I've always thought Phil was, you know, really well prepared. Uh, having done the show, uh, the pregame show up there with him, his level of preparation was, you know, it, it was impressive to see. Uh, and, and just how knowledgeable he was, Um you know, on all subjects, uh, I, I was really impressed with that. You know, I think we all, like growing up in, in the area I, I grew up in, I'm not saying I, my personality type is John Madden, but he was one of my favorites, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. uh-huh. of, of watching him, you know, growing up, I just thought he was so enjoyable. He brought the, the game to light, uh, you know, for, for so many different people. And then you look at a guy that I played against last year. I thought Greg Olson did a great job of, of stepping mm-hmm. from, you know, a, a guy that I played against and for him to call Super Bowl last year and, and, you know, how well he did the entire season. I'm happy for him. Uh, but I think I think you got to be yourself. But I, I think there's a lot of good guys uh, that I know pretty well um, that have offered, you know, their, their, their advice and their help. And, and I'll certainly be leaning on them, you know, as as – as I start to make uh, that transition. And talk to Tony about it too, Gonzalez. Tony G, baby, he sent me a text yesterday. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 you know, he's another guy that he's done it for a couple different networks, you know, and, and obviously has a good relationship with the folks at CBS and, and did a great job, you know, on, on the NFL Today show up there. Uh, has really good relationships with the producers, Drew Kalisky up there. Uh, and, and just speaks so highly of, of guys like Coach Cower, you know, that – he was on the desk with Coach Cower and, and got to spend time with him and just raves about him. And so uh, he's another guy that I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to uh, reach out to uh, as different things come up. And um, just lastly, uh, you tweeted it. Uh, you don't want to retire yet. Uh, you're holding out. Uh, you know, hope that uh, you get a call or, or how, how you're trying to deal with that and keep moving on your broadcaster track. Yeah, I think I, I just thought, you know, you, you never know how things are going to shake out. And so uh, it's the idea for me of not closing any door, Um, you know, leaving them open to see what goes on, uh, you know, this off season and and through the season next year. And and I think it's just, I've always tried to keep options open. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's probably uh, the best path forward for me. And um, lastly, just two more here. And I appreciate your time, Matt. What has the last year been like? You know the you know going back to to last May and and uh, you know uh, the season and, and and you know just take us through what last year's been like for you. 
it's been a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously being traded and then heading to Indy and, and you know, the season that we had, the turmoil, uh, you know, that, that that team went through uh, last year. And then, you know, honestly, personally, too, I think just kind of the ups and downs of, of, of how last season sh- shook out. It was tough, you know, and, and um, but, but you navigate it. And, and that's that's one of the things, you know, I think as a player, you know, you always have these these opportunities to learn. Uh, and I think, you know, I think it's, it's one of the things that, you know, as, as you move forward to, to being an analyst, I think having gone through all of the different spectrums of the career, right. And, and the different points that you've been in, I think it leads to, uh, you know, a more empathetic approach to, to players and to analysis. And so, uh, it was, it, it was a whirlwind, um, from a professional standpoint and, and obviously would have liked for it to have gone better, but it didn't, um, you know, and then, and then personally, there's, there's been some great highlights too. You know, we, we, like we were talking about at the beginning, having our, our third son uh, and being able to be home and around uh, and, and to kind of see that, that, um, and then to be able to help my wife. I, I think all of those things have, have been a blessing. And so there's always a silver lining. Mm-hmm. And, um, my editor wanted to ask, what did you miss about Atlanta? But you kept your foot here. <laughs> We're not leaving, man. Right. We're not leaving. You know, uh, there'd be too many things I miss. And so uh, it's home for us. And, you know, I, I feel so fortunate to have played here for 14 seasons to, you know, you have no control over where you get drafted, right? And and so to get drafted into into the organization that I did, to live in the city that that we do, uh, and to be you know accepted in the community and to and to become a part of it uh, has been really important to me. And so there's too many things that I would miss. And so we just said, you know what, it'll be home, and, and we're going to stay here. Yeah, and um, just closing out, I want to also include an um, item on your uh, foundation and the foundational work you. Uh, you know, have uh, opened up and continue to do in the, in, in Atlanta. Yeah, ATL's doing doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, we we hired Taylor Stanley, uh, who who runs the day to day operations for ATL, uh, two years ago uh, this May, and so uh, she's done incredible stuff. We've been able to support a bunch of of, of different programs for Black youth, um, you know, specifically targeted in the west side of the city, and. Um, I think it's going really well. We, we've created a sustainable model for us uh, where we feel like we can make an impact on on different programs that, that are up and running for kids. And, you know, I, I'm really proud of, of the work that she's done and, and really proud that, that we've been able to position ourselves in a position to, you know, to, to be sustainable and to be successful for years to come. And, and so I'm excited about the work that, that we're doing. Okay, and I'll save the um, Hall of Fame and uh, Ring of Honor talk for later since we're still trying to get a call, okay? <laughs> we'll do it We'll do it again, brother. All right, Matt. Well, hey, take care. Appreciate it, and um, hit them straight. I know you'll be at Eastlake all the time. <laughs> That's right, baby. You know it. <laughs> well, we want to thank Matt Ryan for coming by the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We always appreciate him and his time and his professionalism. Great work he's doing in the community while he's uh, trying to transition into the broadcasting field. And also congratulations to Matt and Sarah 
on the recent birth of their third son. Uh, so they uh, got got some helpers in the older twins and now a younger brother to go along with the family. Well, okay, we're going to move on to a few things here after the break. Uh, we have the OTAs starting, then uh, on on to minicamp, and this kind of sets you up for the rest of the offseason. Uh, injury report in there. Then we'll look at and there's a possibility the Falcons kid Get a primetime game this year after all. So we'll go over those changes that happened at the league owners meeting this week and look at the diversity program participants. And we'll do a little quick deep dive into J.C. Arsegna-Whiteside, former second-round pick of the Eagles. He'll be trying to revive his career here with the Falcons. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. All right, we're back from the break. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get six months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus, you get access to the e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribeajc.com backslash podcast. Again, that's subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. Well, all right. The Falcons started their OTAs uh, yesterday, and uh, we'll have open access tomorrow. And then uh, once a week, the following week, they're coming down to Mercedes-Benz next Friday, June 2nd. We'll be on hand for that. And then the uh, last OTA uh, availability is that last week, uh, June the 7th, I believe it is, on a Wednesday. And then you'll have the uh, mandatory mini camp June 13th through the 15th. Availability is on 13th and 14th. For some reason, the last day is closed. I used to remember those to be open all the way through and through, but times have changed. So let's go up here and make sure we got all that. You know, we don't want to bore you with the six hours a day and the four-week total. And, you know, it's ten practices, no pads. And, and a matter of fact, here's the wording from the NFLPA. Contact work is prohibited in all workouts. Here go, live blocking. 
tackling, pass rushing, bump and run, according to the NFLPA. Intensity and tempo of drill should be at a level conducive to learning, with player safety as the highest priority. That's from the NFLPA. That's one of the things they did do is get these programs under control where the coaches were getting out of hand. And, uh, you know, folks have gotten fined for violating these rules in the past. I believe, in, uh, I believe the Falcons took a fine under the Dan Quinn administration. But the mandatory minicamp follows, uh, and they have rules for that on how long they could be on the field uh, and how long the, um, you know, second practice has to be a, a walkthrough, not a full situation. Now, attendance has been... Um, you know, near a hundred percent, and they'll probably we'll we have we'll talk to coach in the morning and see what his attendance situation is. We'll also effort an injury report update. Uh, we just keep track of everybody. The last official uh, injury situations. Um, I believe I asked him, and he said uh, expecting everybody by camp. Uh, here are the players who ended the season on injured reserve. Running back Caleb Huntley ruptured Achilles. We should be, you know, we're probably not expecting to see him out there. Tight end Kyle Pitts, knee surgery. He should be back. We'll see. Tight end John Fitzpatrick, both feet. He came back late in the season and got a little work. Jalen, offensive guard Jalen Mayfield back. He came back and got has 20 days lapse and didn't get activated. Offensive guard Justin Schaefer, high ankle sprain. He got a little work late in the season. And then uh, we're not expecting Tyquan Graham back. Defensive tackle, knee, probably training camp for him. All right, the big area for uh, the watch will be the uh, Falcons who concentrated on improving the defensive line over the offseason, uh, and they got a bonus when defensive tackle Eddie Goldman came out of retirement. Uh, Calais Campbell, David Oyamata, Bud Dupree, and Joe Graziano were signed in free agency, and they also drafted Zach Harrison who was uh, drafted in the third round by the Falcons from The Ohio State University. So, league meeting, we'll go to that next. The Falcons don't have a, um, they don't have a primetime game. And so, uh, the NFL approved flex scheduling week 13 through 17, where you can get moved uh, to a Thursday night primetime game. Uh, the only game during that period for the Falcons as a candidate would probably be the game at the Jets on 12-3. They also play Tampa Bay on uh, December the 7th. The Carolina game is a to-be-determined on Week 15. And the other candidates might be uh, hosting the Colts on December the 24th or uh, at the Bears on December 31st, New Year's Eve game. So, um, they still got a chance to be flexed in. They have to do it 28 days before. Uh, the Falcons would have to be, you know, 10 and, you know, a contender at week 13 where they're fighting, you know, got a really good record. And then maybe, uh, you know, the Jets game gets flexed in. The other two best candidates looks like the Colts. Now, if the Colts and the Falcons both take off, you know, and Anthony Richardson's doing this thing up there. Maybe they flex that game. Same thing with Justin Fields and the Bears. If they are hot, hot, hot late, 
Um, you know, it'd have to be around the 12-week mark where they'd have to get the 28 days in. You know, after that the week 13, they kind of got to make a decision. Uh, but that could be a possibility for the Atlanta Falcons also. So, primetime may still be in the works here. Also, the league meeting, Super Bowl 60, uh, was awarded to San Francisco and Santa Clara. Uh, the draft in 2025 is going to Green Bay. And uh, Tom Brady is going to buy a stake in the Raiders. He also has a deal with uh, the Davises, uh, Mark Davis, their partners in the Las Vegas Aces of the WNBA. And it was also announced this week uh, the four following coaches will serve as the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowships with the Falcons leading up to the season. Uh, Jimmy Bill, Joseph Ferris, B.J. Johnson, and Kevin Whitley. They will serve uh, and help during the offseason here. Bill was recently named the running backs coach of San Diego State. Ferris is the head coach at Justin Graza High in Fresno, California. Johnson is the wide receivers coach at Georgia Southern. And Whitley is Georgia Southern assistant head coach and cornerbacks. Now, the Bill Wash Diversity Coaching Fellowship Program is used by NFL clubs during training camp, off-season workouts, and mini camps to give coaches opportunities to observe, participate, gain experience, and earn full-time NFL coaching positions. Now, six of the members on the Falcons staff have served in the program, including Frank Bush, Mario Jabelril, running backs coach Mike Petrie, offensive assistant Stephen King, Assistant wide receivers coach Nick Perry and special teams coordinator Marquise Williams. Also, the Falcons will hold joint practices with the Dolphins on August 8th and 9th before they play the exhibition game on Friday the 11th. So, okay, before we get out of here, you know, it looks like, a, uh, you know, it's not a, what didn't look like a major deal, but, you know, the Falcons didn't draft. Uh, a wide receiver. Then you saw them add quite a few in uh undrafted portion of the eighth round. And one of the low, below-the-radar moves was J.J. Um, J.J. Arcinga Whiteside was uh invited to the rookie minicamp. Now, he's a veteran. He played three years with the Eagles. He was drafted second in the second round, 57th overall. He's 26. The pro football reference height and weight is 6'2", 225. But, you know, there were some issues there. Um, you know, he didn't make it with the Eagles. Signed with Seattle. Bulked up, tried to move inside the tight end. That didn't work. And then they moved him back outside. And he looked like he was in between that when I saw him wearing number 12 at the rookie minicamp. Like he's still got to lose some weight and uh, get down to more wide receiver size. But... Just a couple things on him. He had 100. I went back because I was like, hey, well, they must have thought he had something at some point. And um, you know, only 16 catches in 40 games with the Eagles. But at Stanford, he caught 135 catches for 2,219 yards and 28 touchdowns. He had a 1,000-yard season that last year and um, averaged 16.4 yards per catch. 
So, you know, that's those are kind of the vitals on him. And um, one, we got a quote here we found from uh, Bob Condota of the Seattle Times. On You know, he asked him about uh, J.J. And uh, here's what Pete Carroll had to say. This is a guy we really like coming out. He's an aggressive catcher. A contested catch guy is what we really liked about him. So strong and physical. He made a lot of big plays. He was a go-to guy in the program at Stanford. He's unique. He's a big, strong kid. He was 225 pounds coming out, and he's like 230 now. He was playing some tight end for them, which we like all of that. That's diversity. I'm always looking for unique guys, and this guy brings something possibly unique. So that that pretty much fits the profile of what the Falcons like, big attack receivers who can go get the ball and, uh, you know, make contested catches. So that'll be something that uh, we'll keep an eye on. There are certainly some openings in the wide receiver room, and we'll see if the former second-round pick can resurrect his career with the Atlanta Falcons. So we're going to get on out of here, the 402nd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. I want to thank Matt Ryan for coming by, and I uh, hope you all got you set up here for the rest of the offseason. Got three weeks of OTAs, then minicamp, then you have your big break until the uh, Falcons come back for training camp in late July. So with that, we're going to ask you to take care and have a great rest of your week. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that black people might want to know about. Like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Oh.